Okay, we're live, gentlemen. Good evening. You're listening to the Fumaruski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Justin Hill, alongside with Justin Tucker and the one and only CJ Medeiros. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Hey, it's always great to be on another episode of the Fumaruski Podcast, so uh, can't complain. Indeed, gentlemen. Indeed. It's my first time hosting, getting used to this new thing but you know let's let's get right to it gentlemen so we have a lot of things to talk about ladies and gentlemen so let's let's start we will we'll be talking about the remaining free ages and where they'll be best fit we'll also address another interested rumor surrounding the dolphins and a certain quarterback who plays for tampa bay we'll we'll hit on the blockbuster trade between tyreek hill and what it means for the Miami Dolphins' hopes for contention. But first, we're going to be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and what their future holds. So let's not forget, you guys, the Kansas City Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill for a first and second round and and two fourth-round picks. The Chiefs were also lost cornerback Cordarius Ward and Demarcus Robinson and wide receiver Baron Pringle in free agency. Also likely to lose the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, to free agency as well. And also after bringing in safety Justin Reed and also having trouble affording LT tackle Orlando Brown to franchise tag. Is is Kansas City's championship window closing, fellas? CJ? I appreciate it, Tucker. Uh, I'm going to be perfectly frank. I don't know anybody outside of Kansas City who says their window is still open and not closing because that's just what it is. It's closing. Plain and simple. Look, there's no bones about it. There's no two ways around it. No ifs, ands, or buts. The window's closing fast. You lost three of your top four receivers in free agency, and to replace them, you grossly overpaid Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And on top of that, you brought in Juju Smith-Schuster coming off what I believe is like a knee injury. And your defense is getting worse. You're going to lose the Honey Badger and your number two corner, Chavarius Ward. And when you consider all that, that's bad enough. But then you realize that the entirety of the AFC West is uh, getting better. Look at who the Chargers brought on. Summer hailing them as a potential Super Bowl favorite. The Raiders reunite Derek Carr with Devontae Adams, and they added Chandler Jones to that defense. And who could forget the Denver Broncos trading for Russell Wilson? And look, this is that was a good roster, and we all knew they were a quarterback away from being a good team. And well, they got their guy. Mm-hmm. So, so you let's just say you're Kansas City. You were the front runner in that division, and you, you know, kind of took a step back. But your division, who was here, took a step up. I would definitely say your window's closing. And the AFC is just starting to get more and more competitive. I mean, look at the AFC North. The Browns just got to Sean Watson. The Ravens are going to get everyone back. The Bengals just went to a Super Bowl. And, you know, you barely beat the Buffalo Bills in uh, the divisional round. And don't look now, but the Dolphins, you know, literally just got your number one wide receiver. So... I kind of like this for the Chiefs. Let's see how far that Mahomes magic can really carry them now that, you know, he doesn't have all the elite weapons because he's just going to have Tyreek Hill. I mean, because he's I mean, he's just going to have Travis Kelsey, sorry. 
And um, if Kelsey's getting double teamed every play, who, where's the guy that's going to take the top off the defense? Let's see if the Mahomes magic can pull the Chiefs through. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but I'm just saying their window might be closing a little bit. No, no mites. It is. It's hard is for me to try try to disagree. I agree with that. I think it's shrunken, but I don't think it's completely closed. I think it's time for Patrick Mahomes to step up and be the best of the best because some people would say that he's been gifted the amount of talent that he's been given, and that's why he's been so good. I disagree. I think he's just that good of a quarterback, but now is the now is the time to prove it now that he's lost his number one receiver and his number three receiver and Demarcus Robinson. I think – they should try to refill the offensive weapons as much as possible. But again, in that division, it's going to be tough regardless if they get anybody in free agency. Now I could see potential moves here and there, but at the same time, I know they're going to lose Tyron Matthew on the defense because they just signed Justin Reed. Why would you sign a, another per, per, person at their position if you're trying to keep Tyron Matthew? So I think he's gone already. And so overall, I think it's them trying to, I wouldn't say rebuild, just try to, I want to. I wouldn't say rebuild. I just dismantle a little bit. I still think they can make the playoffs, but again, it's going to be tough in that division because of what the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos just did. So, with that being said, I I could see them finishing first in the division. I could see them finishing last in the division. It's very hard to tell at this moment in time because while everybody took a step up, the Chiefs may have just taken a step back. To be honest. You know, a couple years ago, former receiver Sammy Watkins, a Raven in particular, you know, Justin, said on Stephen A. Smith's first take that the Chiefs are the new dynasty in the NFL. Well, that has been a lie. Let's let's say for this. They they lost in the Super Bowl to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They didn't even score a single touchdown. And in this year, they lost to Joe Shicey, Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game. So with the Chiefs' window that's going on here, their dynasty is over. If you look at what's been going on with the Chiefs, they're they're like, what? They've only gotten what, Juju Smith-Schuster during free agency. And, like, uh, I forgot the other receiver's name. And, like, they haven't done nothing with uh, their Marquez defense. Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who's not even a good receiver, in my opinion. He always just drops the ball. <laughs> He was a fantasy killer in my eyes. My first year ever did fantasy, but at the same, but at the same time, folks, I think Kansas City days are like winning championships and going to the AFC Championship game. It's over. We, in my eyes, I saw the Kansas City Chiefs be like the the next team of the decade to go to the AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl, just like how Tom Brady was in the early 2000s and the 2010s, always being the AFC Championship game. But now, look into what's been going on now with this AFC West division of teams scrambling during the offseason, picking up. Such as like the Raiders picking up Devontae Adams, look at the Chargers picking up JT Jackson, uploading their defense with Khalil Mack, seeing Joe Burrow get the help he needs. And also, if, if, if you look at towards more of that duration division, it's, it's going to be really rare, very, very tough. And now you look at the Denver Broncos and the acquirement of Russell Wilson, you're going to be saying to yourself, did the contract given Patrick Mahomes was worth the money? Yes, but you need to think about it. Kansas City is not a big market. It's not like New York City. It's not like Boston. It's not like Las Vegas. These big marks that can afford star players and go over luxury tasks. It's not it. And like with the Chiefs, I see them coming in last place like what you said, CJ. 
And like, if, if you look what to what's going on here, it, it's, it's a very sad case. We thought this team was going to be a legit contender for years to come, and now they're going to be in a tough division. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna. It's a very tough division, and given to the fact that they just lost their number one receiver, and they're going to lose their best defensive player in my eyes because the versatility he brings to that defense. It is concerning. That's a considerable amount of loss the Kansas City Chiefs will face. And to be honest, they might be the fourth best team in the division. That's not stretching it. When you say, wait, hold up. When you say like the subject, it says on the top, on down on the screen, is this Kansas City Chiefs window closing? Yes, the window is closing. I didn't specifically say like to answer the question, but yes, it's closing. This team. We thought for the next couple of years we'll be in the Super Bowl. What they've done during the offseason, it looks like they're not going to be doing nothing. This looks like a team that's going to make it to the wild card game and then just lose. Like, we thought the Kansas City Chiefs were the next team of this decade. And now look at what's going on. It's a very sad case. Yeah. Their defense has shown to be what the NFL shows, is that it sucks. Why? They got lucky on so many games throughout the season with their defense. But at the same time, yes, they had the offensive power, but at the end of the day, defense was championships. But to what we've seen thus far in this offseason, are they making moves? Yes. But at the same time, this is not the team that we thought was. Yeah, I totally hear you, Justin. Mm -hmm. And there is one thing I would like to say as we wrap up the segment. Uh... I'm sure you've heard the hash, the popular hashtag, the cap is crap, or people say the salary cap's not real. This Tyree Kill trade has put those rumors to bed. It's done. The cap is real. Indeed. And I remember when I saw Tyree Kill get traded after they couldn't agree on an extension due to money issues, I remember I was actually in a class with our main guy, Adam Wright, and I turned to him and I said, Mahomes' contract strikes again. No, no two ways around it. The cap is real, folks, and it might just cost you some of your good players. That's why you don't hand out big contracts like candy, Kansas City. But that's all I got. Anything else, Justin? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Well, we just talked about that subject. But coming up, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking about how high is the Dolphins ceiling with the Tyreek Hill trade going to affect the NFL for years to come. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen and listeners. Welcome back to the Fumbaruski Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Hill, alongside Justin and the one and only CJ Medeiros. So getting right back to it, you guys, we're going to be talking about 
the Tyreek Hill trade. So let's not forget, folks, the Dolphins, although giving up a haul for Tyreek Hill, now have a roster loaded with talent on the offensive defensive side of the ball. How high is the Dolphins ceiling with Tyreek Hill going to be now of the acquirement of him throughout the thus far the biggest blockbuster trade we've seen in recent time? <sighs> that Tom, is... You want to take this? Yeah, I'll take the thing. Oh, thanks, CJ. I appreciate it. Uh, this ceiling just went from mid playoff team to actually the, they could be contenders in their division and possibly in the AFC now. And that's saying a lot considering what the AFC West and North are. And what that Tyreek Hill trade does, it gives Tua a competent number one receiver. It gives him a competent number two receiver in Jay Waddle, so he doesn't have to be the number one. If they want to keep Devontae Parker, who is a proven number two receiver and a quality number one. So they have a true triple threat at wide receiver. And they just got Chase Edmonds from the Arizona Cardinals. They had somebody in their running back. And they just got protection for Tua in their left tackle, Tron Armstead. So they retooled that offense and still kept parts of that defense for years to come. And I'm not going to lie, that defense is looking very good, especially with the progressions I would see from Javon Holland and uh, Jalen Phillips. I think that team's going to be good. I think that team's going to be underrated to start the season. But I think over time, people are going to be like, you better not underestimate that team because that team is looking very good right now and very scary if I'm in the AFC East. If I'm the Bills and if I'm the Patriots, I'd be worried about them. Yeah. Hey, as a Pats fan, I, uh, I most certainly have to agree I did not want Tyreek Hill to go to the AFC East, yet here he is. Now, for Miami, well, what are you going to do if you're a defense? You have not one, but two speed burners. You know, it's basically like two Tyreek Hills. And two, uh, when you look at that, you also, the tight end, Mike Gesicki, you just got Taron Armstead, you know, to seal up the left side of the line. Tua now is a good O-line, a decent running game, you know, because he guys Chase Edmonds to pair alongside uh, whoever their number one was. This guy, I, I'm, I don't know why. I'm blanking on his name, but you know what I'm talking about. And like I said, you know, you got the receivers. You have Gasicki, Edmonds, and uh, the other running back. And you got yourself a good offense. And when you look at, your, at the defense, like you brought up, there's guys like Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, Emmanuel Ogbo, who they just re-signed. Then there's guys like Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and Jerome Baker. Those, those are some darn good players. The defense will be fire next year, but the offense, mm, that's the question. I think their ceiling is only as high as Tua can take them. Could they might they they might make us they might go to the playoffs and make a surprise run? Equal parts says they might collapse. You, you really don't know. And I can't really speak to what their ceiling is, but if you just look at the sum of their parts, I would say definitely a playoff contender. And I won't call them a lock just because of how hectic the, a the AFC is, but I will maintain their ceiling is only as high as Tua can take them. But a note on Tua real quick. For Tua, this is a put-up or shut-up year for him, you know? Yes, this is. is it. No more RPOs, Tua. The training wheels need to come off. And if you can't deliver with guys like Gasicki and Hill and Waddle, then I don't know what to tell you. 
if Tua does not have a good year this year and the Dolphins miss the playoffs, I would strongly advise finding a new quarterback. Because if you can't and – and don't give me the excuse. The, the only excuse I will take is if their team was kind of like the Ravens were last year and half your roster ends up on IR. That's a valid excuse. But if you just stay relatively healthy and you just can't compete in a very competitive division, then yeah, I don't know. Tua might not be your guy. But, but, but the reason I bring that up is solely because he has no reason not to succeed now. I, I, it's an interesting time to be a Dolphins fan. We're just going to have to wait and see. CJ is preaching the truth. I see you, Medeiros. But, you know, it's like what the famous broadcaster Howard Cassell said. It's it's like Tyreek – it's like it's, it's like what he said, like, involving, like, when the Buffalo – when the Buffalo Bills got – I forgot that famous receiver. When they, when they acquired O.J. Simpson, when he said Buffalo has the juice, no, in my words – Tyreek Tyree Hill has the juice. You know, Miami got their top guy. This is this is this this trade was involved in maybe two to three hours, not knowing where he was going to either the Jets or the Dolphins. But at the same time, it's a win for the Dolphins. You have Tyreek Hill playing alongside Tua in that receiving core. It's unbelievable at the same time. And like, let's not forget, you guys, Tyreek Hill is a young guy. Tyreek Hill didn't want to leave the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs' fault they didn't keep that man, including Patrick Mahomes. They could, they could have paid him, but no, they didn't want to pay due to the salary cap and all this other stuff. But at the same time with the Dolphins, you need to look at yourself right here. You have, for example, Baker Mayfield on, on the market right now looking for a team. Would you trade Would you trade the Browns something? And like with Tua, it's like what you said with the RPOs. I don't trust Tua. I think lefties in the, in the game of football – do not even exist anymore, folks. There's no more Steve Youngs in the NFL. There's no more Michael Vicks in the NFL. The, the lefty quarterback position is gone. And Tua represents those. We've seen it in years past. Tim Tebow failing at lefty quarterback. And now look at Tua. He's doing so horrible. I feel Tua got into the NFL and became a Dolphin in the top 10. Because of because he was from Alabama under Nick Saban. Let's just let's just be quite honest. Tua is the definition of a golden boy. And do you know acquiring requiring guys? You need to throw at least sixty yards down that field, and that's just a genuine fact. Do you think a guy like Tua can go past forty-five yards and throw? This guy is not no Tom Brady. He's not no Patrick Mahomes. Nor he's not no Drew Brees. Okay, we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. But at the same time, we need to realize you have one of the best receivers and probably the speediest receivers we have seen in this generation of a guy like Tyreek Hill. But at the same time with the, with the Dolphins, you need to say to yourself, are we going to waste our time and our hard-earned money for Tyreek Hill knowing that we have a quarterback like two that's not going to do nothing? Or are we going to provide Tyreek Hill a good quarterback who can throw at least – 55 to 60 yards down the field. You know something, guys? As far as Tua goes real quick, I'd like to bring something to your attention. Now, this might not have been known before, but I'm kind of a stat guy. I look at stats. I like to compare. So last year, Tua Tagovailoa, you know, a former uh, top 10 pick, had 2,653 yards 
16 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. No, no, not terrible, but not what you want from a former top 10 pick. Now, mm. last season, that there was another quarterback, the, the rookie Davis Mills, a third-round pick who had 2,664 yards, six touch, 16 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Davis Mills had like 11 more passing yards than Tua and the same amount of touchdowns and the same amount as, of interceptions. Statistically, mm-hmm. you can compare Tua to Davis Mills. Yes, Is that can. what you want your top 10 pick to be? Davis Mills? No, 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 no. Like I said, I cannot stress this enough. Uh, it, it's put up or shut up time, basically. All right. Can you guys please relax on Tua? Can you guys please not say he's a golden boy? I don't want to under Nick Saban. Let's be quite honest with ourselves. We'll become a top 10 to 15 pick. Let's be real with ourselves. He had to overcome Jalen Hurts. That's not his his fault. He got the starting job because Jalen Hurts is playing bad. I don't care. I don't care. Not to interrupt you, Justin. I don't care if Tua came in for Jalen Hurts in a college championship game. We're talking about the NFL, man. And if you can't survive in the NFL, you need to go. It's simple as that, man. It's when it's when or go home in the NFL. Hey, man, like, let's just give to a chance. We, give to a chance. We have seen for years, folks. Year for years, folks. I'm not even trying to talk loud, but we have seen for years lefties in the NFL become a failure. And a guy like Tyree Kill on your team, you need to have an arm, not this little thing with the throw. No, you need to throw 55 to 60 yards down the field. Simple. Okay. All right, then. Hold that on. was something. You don't need to throw it down the field if you have Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. That's why they got him. That's why they need Yak. He can't yeah, we understand. Yeah, we understand they're going to throw, like, what, four verticals or something. You know you know the offensive playbooks better than me, Justin. But at the same time, come on, man. Tyreek Hill mastermind the receiver position for a speedy receiver. A guy like Tua should not be throwing it to Tyreek Hill. He's going to get incomplete every time. Simple as that. All right, then. All right. All right, then. So um, what's next up, Justin? Well, you know, you got nothing else to say? No, no, no. No, we we, we got to move on. No, I'm, I'm solid here. Yeah, I'm fine. Let's yeah, just my keep, fault for let's my keep little going. Rant. But coming, on, coming right up, you folks, we're going to talk about who are the best available free agents on the market. This is... The Fumble Ruski Podcast. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football, they're saying it's a catch. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Fumble Ruski Podcast. I'm Justin Hill, alongside Justin Tucker and the one and only CJ Medeiros. 
So, folks, we're going to be talking about this subject right here, and is where do you think these players in the NFL will best fit? So let's get right to it. After two weeks of free agency, there are several free agents remaining on the market. Where do you think these free agents will fit best? So we have a couple names, you guys, and it's names that we saw growing up that were like our favorite, one of our favorite players, such as um, Jibdadius Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Stephon Gilmore, Bobby Wagner, Tyron Matthew, and Odell Beckham Jr. So you guys, where do you think these guys are going to wind up ending up? Because Odell was one of my favorites growing up. I don't know about you guys, but let's start. All right. Uh, all right. Oh, thank you. So um, well, let's talk about Jadavian Clowney for a second. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, I, I will grant you that he has not lived up to the billing of the first overall pick. And you know what? Fair enough. But he's not a scrub. And after look, and after his career hit his lowest point, he came back with Cleveland to rack up 37 tackles and nine sacks alongside Miles Garrett. Now, folks, mm-hmm. there is an old saying. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think Miles Garrett should return to Cleveland. Plain and simple. He, you know, he's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be the headliner on your defense. But if you're double team in Miles Garrett, that leaves some room for Jadevian Clowney to come in. And that, and that, if if you're Cleveland, you've got to get him back. That is just that would be ideal. And I truly believe his best place is simply to remain in Cleveland. Uh, All right, who do you got, Tuck? I got Bobby Wagner, and uh, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Wow. Can come I, on, can I, come can on, I get it? Come on over to Baltimore. Come on. You fit the scheme. You fit the system. We need a coverage linebacker. You are very good in coverage. We need you to mentor our guy, our future Hall of Famer, and Patrick Queen. You help us out. We'll help you get a Super Bowl, and you'll be loved and recognized in our community. And come on, Bobby. Just come on over. He's perfect for what we want to do. He's a defensive guy in a defensive system that fits him well. He'll add to the he'll add to the team instead of subtract from the team. And it'll just make us look even better. So I'm all for Bobby Wagner coming over. He can still play at a high level. <laughs> you can't believe it, CJ? Uh the CJ face. Uh I mean, there's just a hint of bias, but I, I'm not against it. Just come on home to Baltimore, he says. I should have expected it, but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. He's available. He, he's still available, and we're still in talks with him. So, yes, whatever. I mean, what is, no, you guys aren't talking to him. That's true, Lord of Patriots. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Y'all need Justin. Odell Beckham. Hold up. Maybe, maybe we'll get there. Let's see what our resident Giants fans say about that. All right. About, um, about Bobby please Wagner, where me. he's going to end up? No, no, no. Please just talk about Odell. I want to know. I guess okay, we're all taking so, guys. So, are you going to say New York? The runaway Odell no, he would not. Jr., where he's going to go. I think, you know, time will tell. He has, he has an ACL. Do you think teams want to pay for a guy that's going to sit on the bench and might come back for playoff time? Maybe. But maybe I could see maybe. You're gonna be shocked, Justin, but maybe the Raiders can give him like a small deal. We're not we're him not and Lamar are good friends. You can maybe see the Rams maybe jump into play. But Tuck, would you rather Antonio Brown? 
No, I'll take Odell. <laughs> if I had if I was gun gun yeah. to my head, I'm taking Odell. Man, I'll take Antonio and Odell any day of the week. But at the same time, no, to, be no, serious, to, to be serious, <laughs> to be to be serious, no, folks. <laughs> to be serious, folks. I think Odell, he needs to look at a, a championship contending team that will give him like the money he wants. He he's blatted out how he feels about the whole signing to what the um the, the trade, what the what the Bears and the Rams did for Allen Robinson, but at the same time, for a guy like Odell, he needs to just worry about getting just repaired your, your ACL and and maybe hope for what's going to happen next season. You can sit out a season, hey, a guy like Odell, he's rich. He's worth at least $100 million. But at the same time, like a guy like that, you can at least sit out one season and come back, see where Stephon Gilmer is going to go, maybe have a return back to the Patriots. A guy like Bobby Wagner needs to go to the Ravens. The Ravens, after missing out, a couple big names, which we're not going to mention, Justin. They should definitely consider signing Bobby Wagner and the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthews. Maybe you should go to maybe the team like the Jets are looking for a cornerback right now at the same time. Look for guys like that. And Melvin Ingram, possibility, a, a contending team as well. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I get it. I get it. But I want to touch on Tyron Matthew real quick. I think you should go to the Niners. I really do. I mean, their defensive backfield isn't honestly that that great. I mean, they just signed Traverius Ward. You know, you already have Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. That's cool. But you need a, a truly a good DB. And you haven't had a good DB in like a decent bit. Maybe not since like Richard Sherman and it was like one good season with you guys. So if I'm... If I am San Fran, I am giving Teran Matthew a call. Anyone Who else? Are you, anything to say? you said San. You said San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they do need some hands in the secondary. Tyron uh, Matthew does have some hands, so I think he could help out that secondary. I still think they need another corner, to be honest. I think they like. I really do think they should invest in the draft for a corner. But Tyron Matthew does upgrade that secondary tremendously because I think he can be a leader and take control of the defense. Because he's the thing with him is he wants to be able to like talk. With, he wants to have the mic in his thing so he can call the plays or whatever and line everybody up. So that's one of the big things with him. So if he goes to San Francisco, they probably might allow him to get away with that and let Fred Warner just roam free without having to think too much. Hey, it's not the worst idea. You make so, a great point, CJ. We mentioned Tyrod the Honey Badger Matthew going to the San Francisco 49ers. I think the 49ers are one defensive piece away to maybe going back to the Super Bowl at the same time. I'm not trying to sound delusional because they have a lot of changes to do regarding their quarterback situation, but you're hearing rumors that Jimmy G might pop back in return. But at the same time, I think that would be a great fit for the 49ers signing Tyron Matthew to me, like a three- or two-year deal worth the money that he wants. He's probably looking for at least a $15 million paycheck to make a year at the same time because, you know, when you get to that certain age, you want to make the most money possible. Hey, if Von Miller can get a hundred and fifty million dollar contract, I think it was, and the guaranteed money he got was like fifty something mil, maybe Tyron Matthew wants to go that same route as well. Not trying to compare the two, but at the same exact time, folks, we need to look at just great times we're seeing in the NFL. We're just seeing just a tremendous and great offseason we have never seen before. Like Tom Brady coming out of retirement, the acquirement of Russell Wilson to the Broncos, so many 
teams of the unknown. We thought we weren't going to make moves offseason, just perhaps making moves. And, like, we should be grateful the times not only we're living in, but the times that we're seeing the NFL. Like, I understand people are saying how the NFL is turning, like, into the NBA with trades going everywhere. But at the same time, I think this is great for the league to what's going on as of right now. Yeah, I, I think this is good for the league right now. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. Okay. Anything else, gentlemen? Nope. No, nah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, Bobby Wagner, one more time. Uh, Ravens, come on calling. Uh, won't hurt. <laughs> so we're going to move right along, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about the new rules that the NFL has just made today. So you will not want to miss out with this. I know CJ and just have a lot to say, but anyways, you are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski Podcast. I'm Justin Hill alongside Justin Tucker and the one and only CJ Materials. Um, so you guys, I said before the show we'll get into it with the rumors of Tom Brady and the Dolphins, but you know, there's some bigger fish to fry. So earlier today, both teams assured of a position in the overtime rule, such as the Eagles and Colts, for new rules to be changed in the NFL playoff format. And it was approved by NFL owners today about the possessions by both teams in the playoffs with the Sun Death. So whoever gets, like, the touchdown in overtime can get the ball back. If they score, it keeps going. And whoever doesn't, like, get a touchdown or doesn't get it during fourth down, the game is over. So how do you guys feel about these new rules that have just taken place in recent hours? Talk, you want to go? Okay, then. (sighs) To put it nicely, this is an atrocity. It is. (laughs) Well, yeah, 2022, when everyone gets a trophy. You know, when everyone just, oh, wow, wow, look at that. But no, 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 no. Let's let's start over. (sighs) This rule, it's just the league caving the pressure from these whiny fans. And I, I hate it. I genuinely hate this rule. Like I said, putting it nicely, it's really an atrocity. So, like, I understand why you want it. It's like, ah, my team doesn't have a chance. And, and oh, if there's two possessions, it's, it gets exciting. And someone today told me that it's good because there has to be risk involved with defense. And I'm like, yeah, there is involved. It's called if your defense breaks on the opening drive, you don't get the ball. That's the risk. And you know Mm -hmm. what? This NFL league is just flipping a massive bird to defenses. Like, oh, yeah, because, you know, because defense wins championships. But, ladies and gentlemen, offense sells tickets. 
And, you know, every time someone gets the ball first and scores a touchdown overtime, you have to hear the endless amounts of fans moaning on social media. It's like, yeah, so no wonder the owners caved. And I believe the measure itself passed like 29 to 3. So it shows most of the leagues on board with it. But I personally come from the Mike Tomlin school of thought on this issue where he says, I'm not afraid of sudden death. Well, yeah, that's that is how it should be. And I've heard some ludicrous claims that we should, you know, switch to college overtime rules. Do you know what college overtime rules are? It's a cluster and a half. But, you know, I could go on forever. Just let it be known. This rule's an atrocity. You know, like I said, this is 2022, the year in sports where everyone gets a chance, everyone gets a trophy. Just, Tucker, please save me from having a heart attack. I agree with you. I think this rule is atrocious. First off, why are we... Why are we allowing the other team to get the ball when it's very clear they didn't deserve it if they allowed the touchdown in the first place? If it goes into overtime, their defense should have won a firm in the first 60 minutes, not try to save it in the last 15, last 10. That makes no sense to me. I don't understand how overtime rules had to change because of one game. This has been going on for years now, but because of one game that happened last year, and it was a great game, I will admit, it was a great game, but because of one game last year, we decide – these overtime rules suck. Let's change them. We knew these rules ahead of time. We knew these w- during the game. If the first team that gets the ball scores, that's the end of the game. And believe you me, that Bills defense couldn't stop a soul that night, let alone Kansas City. Oh, my God. And because of that, everybody's like, let's change the rules because Josh Allen deserved to have a second chance with the ball. No, he <laughs> didn't. No, he didn't. They they lost. It hurts. I feel bad for Josh Allen because, again, he played a hell of a game. Gabriel Davis played a hell of a game. But, unfortunately, their defense just sucked because, for some reason, they just let Travis Kelsey have a one-on-one, gave him a free release, and let him get into field goal range. They didn't deserve to win the game from that point on. So, with that said, I don't like the way the rules are. I think it's ridiculous that we had to change the rules. And if there was some way to change them back, I want them to be changed back. So, funny thing, CJ. So, I think this is your dad, I think, Jeff Medeiros. He posted this on our thing. And I think you see, new rules suck. Defense is supported to supposed to matter. My fault. Well, here's, you know something. This is why I'm so wise. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. That is all. You know, you know with, with this factual thing here, here, you gentlemen speak on this thing it's, it's it's really remarkable how a voice can be heard now in the nfl like it's 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 really a ridiculous rule because oh you got the whole listen i love the bills mafia i love bills fans i love what they do i love the the things they do for charity for things like for example what what they did for lamar jackson after the bills yeah. beat them. they the, the bills fans are, are are great people and they do great for their community they do great for the teams in the NFL. But at the same time, this rule here, it's based on Bills fans because they lost one playoff game. In my eyes, growing up, I remember watching this game with my dad. It was the Denver Broncos versus the Baltimore Ravens, and it went to maybe two overtimes. And the way the Broncos and Ravens were playing defense in that game, it was spectacular. And the Ravens wound up winning the game and wound up going to the Super Bowl and winning it against the 49ers. But seeing this new rule now, I'm really, I'm really not like pleased with it. I feel like 
it should be it should be winner go home situation. No, no getting the ball back, none of that. I think the rules. I think the only rule in the NFL that should be changed is tie games. I went, I wrote an article about this, Justin. I think CJ knows because him and I was in our was in a class last semester for our last project. My project was about how there shouldn't be no tie games in football. They should go like the NFL needs to fix that type of stuff. Not having tie games in football, not overtime rules of you know if you get a touchdown, the other team gets the ball back, and if they score, the game keeps going. It, it's it's really ridiculous. Like what we're gonna do this in the Super Bowl? Like this ain't college football, like what you said, CJ. Like this is this is pure ridiculous. And I and like you know the NFL, they're really trying to expand on stuff. But come on now. Yeah, I I understand. And like I've said, putting it nicely, this rule is an atrocity. And look, it like like Tucker said. If your defense or offense doesn't win it for you in the first 60 minutes, why does it now get a chance in overtime? I'm sorry. I've noticed that only like the really exceptionally soft fans want this. And I mean, that's not, I'm or, okay, soft teams or whatever. It's like, we, and like you said, you know, there's the whole, uh, oh, oh, yeah, uh, we, we can have a voice be heard. Correction, thousands of whiny voices. Like, oh my God. And also, kids, real quick, here's a history lesson. The, as you all know, before the Patriots won their sixth title, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead in overtime. One possession, they win. And the Chiefs fans were crying. Travis Kelsey threw an absolute tantrum on social media about how it should be changed. But now the shoe's on the other foot. Now Kansas City wins with one possession in overtime, and I have not heard a peep. You see, people really don't want the overtime rules to be changed. They want it to be changed when it benefits them. Keep that Just for mind. them. It's hypocritical. Amen. It's hypocritical. I, I, and, and, def, and I definitely amen to you, CJ, because you're preaching just facts. The NFL needs to go back to its ways of not, like, you know, these overtime rules. It's, it's really ridiculous. And I understand, like, us fans, we we love football. But say, Ty, let's take it. We Like, us fan bases, we took in losses and in, in throughout the playoffs. I've seen the Giants lose in the wildcard games like a Hail Mary at halftime, knowing the game was over. You've seen the Patriots lose to the Eagles. You've seen the Ravens, Lamar to Quitter Jackson, not playing the oh. biggest game of the regular season and like losing. We see, we see our teams have suffered great consequences and losses, but at the same time, it's it's ridiculous. But we have more comments on what your dad is saying right now. <laughs> he, he just said another comment right here. And it says the league that changes rules under the the gust of player safety just changed the rule to extend the game and add more plays. So what do you have to say to that? Plays, apparently. Plays. Oh. plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's true. Real quick before we end here, like, it's true. They're always like, oh, you do realize overtime wasn't always this way. It used to be a lot longer, but they shortened it to sudden death for player safety. But remember, the league that cares about player safety just extended overtime. The more just you so everybody can have a turn. Yeah. Like I said, this is 2022 where everyone gets a trophy. So everyone gets a turn. I, I hate this rule. <laughs> now, um, this, this is a great conversation, you guys, but we got one more thing, and that's the fan box that we all love. What is your favorite free agency signing thus far? You don't want to, you definitely want to tune in. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast.
Good evening and welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Justin Hill alongside Justin Tucker and the one and only CJ Madeira. So, gentlemen, this has been a great evening thus far. Am I right? Yes, it has. I've had fun. I've enjoyed myself <laughs> immensely. <laughs> so we're going to move right to number segment number five, and we're going to be talking about and that's one and only every week we talk about the Fumble Rooski fan box. So we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give it to you guys. So this week's questions on the fan box. Who is the biggest loser in free agency this far? So Diego Hurtas from Seattle. So he says Seattle. My fault. Uh, he's – yeah, they're definitely up there. I mean – I'm not going to call the yeah. Russell Wilson trade a complete wash. I need to see what they do with those picks. Yeah, but history shows that they don't necessarily do good with those picks. Shh, let them believe they have a chance. That's just wrong. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I'm just, I, I crack jokes. <laughs> so, I, um, Tyson, I don't Tate. Say, but Tate. He said Jags and Cowboys. Um, yeah. I get the Jags, you know, giving Christian Kirk a fat wad of change. Uh, you know, that yeah, that would hurt. And the Cowboys, yeah, I, I can totally see it. They've been really low-key, and the and they got Amari Cooper for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. They traded. They traded him away. I yeah, I know. So Grayson Mortimer said, honestly, the Patriots have been pretty um, lackluster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, oh, but look, you know something? This is a Bill Belichick free agency. We went on a huge spending spree last year. Am I disappointed? Absolutely I am. But, but remember, Patriots fans, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The Patriots are supposed to be loaded with cap space next year. We play our cards right. We next could have year. over $80 million, So... Stay strong. Um, the same person again. He said the Chiefs. Uh, well, yeah. Grayson Mortimer is absolutely correct. I, I do agree. You know, the Tyree Hill trade was a, a damning statement on uh, Mahomes' contract. <laughs> How about you, Justin? Uh, I don't think they're the biggest loser, but they didn't really win anything. They were up there. <laughs> hey, the um, was closing. So Stephen Parker said Tampa. Well, you got the no. Man. How bad can it be? They're and you got a and you got Shaq Mason back for a you got Shaq Mason for a fifth. I'm not over it. And, and also, Tom Brady. And hmm. also, yeah, Tom Brady coming out of retirement, and also Chris Godwin getting his yeah. money. Hey, that's, exactly. That's, that's like good. I said, you got Tampa the goat Tampa. back. How bad can it be? Like how much more you want? Thank you. Um. So Nick Norman said. Green Bay easily. No more Darius Smith or Devontae. Packers are going nine and eight. I definitely believe that right there. Yeah, not to mention they also lost Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like their receiver room is literally old man Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, who's going to bolt once someone offers him money because I think he's a restricted free agent right now. I think he'll be unrestricted next season. So. Now, um, let's see how Rodgers could do without weapons. 
Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Green Bay hasn't given Rodgers any weapons, and he's losing more and more weapons, so it's not looking good. I think the only thing he has left is uh, Robert Tunyon and Aaron Jones. Hey, but at yeah. least they gave Aaron Jones that extension last year, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enrico Hernandez said the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I, I, I also agree. The Colts were a team that went into this free agency – with like the most cap space, and all they did with it was swallow Matt Ryan's massive contract. That's really all they did. They took on Matt Ryan's contract and signed Mo Alley Cox. Congratulations. Do you want a medal? <laughs> or what? Get Matt Ryan? He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna blow his knee out by week eight. <laughs> he is wow. he is not gonna blow his knee out. He stays healthy, though. And you could tell when a pl- player looks hurt. Come on, we've seen this such and such so many times. Man, I predicted Kevin Durant was going to blow his ace, blow his Achilles, game five of the NBA Finals. Not not, not, not trying to get off topic, but yeah. All right. Who's so that? The last question. So the last question was Derek um, Howe. He said, might be New England. They have slid possible, or possible as – Far as the eleventh and eleven, no tenth and eleventh in their conference. I have yeah. spoken on New England, and it still hurts. Yeah. But you know, this is just a Belichick free agency. We're gonna have money next year. Just don't worry about it too much, please. Yeah, indeed. And also, let's not forget CJ, the New England Patriots—they are America's team with football. Not the <laughs> appreciate it. I appreciate so, it. Um, remember, got but remember, my fellow Pats fans, we still have six rings. That is all. That's and what's and what's and what's the word the Patriots say? Do your Just job. Do your job. Indeed, do your job. And now do it tonight, folks. Thank you for listening to the Fumbaruski podcast. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays at seven thirty on Twitter, Facebook, through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at Fumaruski Podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage of the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.